My name is Kelsey Dirksen, and you're listening to the Root and Stem podcast. On this episode of the Root and Stem podcast, we explore the benefits of machine learning and space technology through a project that I worked on. My name is Kelsey Dirksen. I'm a space systems engineer and satellite operations at a company called Planet. We're an Earth observation company, so we uh, have satellites that take pictures of the Earth. And I'm also a PhD student at the University of Oxford uh, studying machine learning and artificial intelligence. For my role as like a satellite operator, I'm working on a space weather detection or alert system so that if there are any big space weather events that could possibly damage our satellites, we can be alerted ahead of time and kind of take actions from there. Uh, and then at, at Oxford, I'm doing quite a lot of different things, trying to figure out how I can use machine learning with Earth observation imagery, so pictures of the Earth, to be able to quantify the impacts of climate change at a really high level. That's that's my interest there. So things like estimating stream flow velocity, things like this is what I'm, I'm just starting to get into. So yeah, I have a kind of a wide variety of, of interests and projects on the go at the moment. I can definitely maybe say what a coronal mass ejection event is. So really it's, it's, you can just think of it as a big explosion on the surface of the sun. Uh, and it sends out high energy particles out into space. Uh, and then when these particles reach our Earth's atmosphere, they can damage spacecraft. Um, so it's important to be able to know like when these types of events are happening, how strong they're going to be, um, so that we can essentially have resilience planning for our, for our satellites. So yeah, it's somewhat related to, to what I'm doing at Planet um, right now, which is nice because I did previous uh, education studying space weather. So it's, it's cool that I get to do it in my day job as well. When I was doing my, my master's degree, I was studying how the particles can basically like move our, move our satellites around so they can kind of push them around. You can, there's a, a term called solar wind. Um, and it's just that it, it's wind caused by the sun, um, that can move satellites around in space. And this is a problem because we don't want satellites to collide with other objects or other satellites that are ongoing. Um, and then I guess from perspective of the like components on board a spacecraft, um, they're really high energy particles from, from these solar, solar events. And so this can damage electronics uh, and things like that and cause, um, you know, more radiation damage to the spacecraft, which could also potentially uh, damage them as well. We use machine learning for a variety of applications in space in general. So uh, at Planet, we're using machine learning a little bit to help us out with our operations. So we have quite a small team. There's only about 10 or 11 uh, of us total that are on the operations team. And so we rely on automation and we're starting to use machine learning to be able to tell us if satellites uh, have any anomalies or problems with them because we get a lot of data down from them. We have about, you know, hundreds of satellites in orbit, but only a very small team of operators. So we're trying to use machine learning to give us more insight into if any of our um, satellites um, are having any issues. Uh, and then in terms of space weather as well, um, something I did my, my master's on, I was looking at how we could possibly detect the occurrence of these types of coronal mass ejection events using machine learning and accelerometer data on a spacecraft. So accelerometers, we have them in, you know, all of our cell phones, your iPhone or uh, Android will definitely have an accelerometer on it. And there's been some work that's been done being able to try to 
classify if someone's running or walking just from accelerometers in their phone. And so I kind of applied that concept to, to satellites where instead of trying to figure out if the satellite is running or walking, I was trying to figure out if the satellite is under the influence of these types of solar storms or not. So using what's physically felt by the spacecraft to be able to study space weather was what I was doing uh, for machine learning. I worked at the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab about in 2019, in the fall of 2019, uh, as a part of my my master's. And so that project was called the Barefoot Rover Project. And so essentially we had a pressure pad that was wrapped outside uh, on the outside of a wheel, a rover wheel. And we were trying to be able to see if we could use machine learning um, based on the pressure pad readings and the data we got from that pressure pad reading to be able to infer the slip conditions of the wheel. So you can think of slip as, you know, if you're starting your car in the winter um, and you're driving over black ice or something like that. Um, definitely people like in Ottawa and Canada probably <laughs> have experienced this before. Um, so this can also happen to rovers on Mars. They can get stuck in like the sand or it's called regolith, um, which is another, another word essentially for, for dirt. Um, and so what we were trying to do was see if we could use what's physically felt again by, by the spacecraft, but in this case, sorry, the, the rover to be able to tell if its wheel was getting stuck in the sand because we can't exactly, you know, sho- shovel the sand to get the rover unstuck. Once it's on Mars, it's there for good. Um, and so that's what the project I was working on uh, over there a few years ago. Something that is ongoing for uh, operations at Planet and um, the team that I work on is trying to automate our commissioning workflow. So commissioning is as soon as the satellite uh, launches off of a rocket and gets essentially put out into space, it does a bunch of different things. You know, if it has solar panels, maybe it will deploy the solar panels. If it's tumbling, we want to stabilize the spacecraft and do all of these things before it can start taking pictures. And so commissioning is a big part of my job. And that's we, we have a upcoming launches in the next year that we're trying to improve our commissioning process. So uh, that's always very exciting to to be able to have new satellites to launch. So that that's up, upcoming. And yeah, it's always very cool to, uh, you know, get the first um, first like communication down from the satellite after it launches. And yeah, always excited about that. For me, I've always wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, so that was really where I got any sort of interest in space. And I figured astronauts probably have engineering degrees. And so I did aerospace engineering. And from there, I mean, I didn't really know what part of space I was super interested in. I just knew that I loved anything to do with it. I think this is why I've ended up working on rovers and satellites and things that maybe aren't like totally related, but super interesting to me. And Earth observation specifically, I think is is really cool because you can use space to help life on Earth, which is really a uh, really special thing as well. I, I mean, of course, you know, Mars missions and lunar missions are super interesting as well um, and really exciting and inspiring. But I like the idea of being able to, you know, use space specifically for our planet. So that's why I really like Earth observation. I think one thing I really love about it is that I think it's really cool, the idea of getting a problem and having no idea how to solve it and going through the process of figuring out and solving the problem. I think that's engineering in general is just getting problems with having absolutely no idea even where to begin um, and kind of going through that process and looking back once you've found a solution, it's extremely satisfying. So that's probably one of my my favorite things. And with space um, as well and, and engineering in general, all the projects are so different. So it's always really interesting, always working on different things and, and learning new things. So I definitely really love that part of the job. 
I think for me, any sort of like programming courses were pretty huge for me. I definitely struggled with them at first. I don't think I'm a natural coder by any means, but I do a lot of work in Python, both like in my school as well as my job. And so anything related to that has been super, super helpful. And just like being able to learn how to think logically has been like incredibly valuable. I would say that technically is probably one of the, the best courses I've taken is things related to that. Space is so interdisciplinary, so you absolutely don't even need to be an engineer to be involved in space. I mean, you can be, of course, there's like engineering and science. We kind of think of that when we think of space or jobs in space, but there's also jobs in like business, art, education, literally any job can be tied to space in some way, which is really cool. So even if you're like, oh, well, I don't really like math that much. Like, does that mean I can't work in space? Like, that's definitely not the case. I think it's just trying to like figure out what you really enjoy and, and going from there. And that's what I did a lot in my, you know, in my undergrad. I wasn't sure like what specifically I really liked about space or what, what area I wanted to work in. And so I just tried a bunch of different things. So I definitely suggest like, yeah, just trying something, go for it. Even if you think you might not be good at it, no one's good at something uh, on the first try anyways. So definitely encourage you to try new things. For more about artificial intelligence and machine learning, check out the Root and Stem magazine at pinwa.com or available to download on your streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google.